This is Pastor Chad. Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We are honored that you have joined us today. You can stay up to date with us at BethesdaChurch.tv or look us up on Facebook or Instagram. Now, let's jump in to today's message. church. It is so good to see you today. I wish that we were gathering live, but uh, the next best thing is to bring um, our worship service into your home. I'm so glad that you've tuned in. Make sure that you give us some hearts, especially for the production team and the worship team. Go ahead and throw up some hearts for them and go ahead and share this video. Uh, If you would do that, we would greatly appreciate it. So excited about the message that God has given me for today. Um, we've been in a series called The Great Exchange. And in this series, we've talked about uh, some, some really cool stuff. We know that we deserve death. This was week one. We deserve death, but Jesus gave us life. And then last week, we looked at the concept of we deserved condemnation, but Jesus gave us mercy. Today, um, I want to call this message, this is going to be I think it's gonna be an encouraging word. I I really believe that. It's gonna give some people faith to believe for a better tomorrow. But I wanna call this message, you and I, we deserve to be counted out, but Jesus gave me another chance. Jesus gave me another chance. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that Jesus has given me another chance. Um, not just another chance, but you probably identify with this. He's given me chance after chance after chance. Uh, and so I wanna, I wanna speak to people that maybe you feel like you are under the weight of bad decisions. Maybe underneath the weight of certain sins, it could be an addiction, it could be all kinds of different things. But I believe that many of us, we have felt before like we should be counted out because we let God down. Maybe you felt like you let yourself down. Maybe you even felt like you let another person down. But I wanna speak and and just give you some hope and encouragement today um, because the truth is all of us, doesn't matter where you come from, how old you are, all of us, we have let ourselves down before, we've let God down before, and we've let other people down before. Some of you, maybe you've made a a commitment to God and and that fell through. You didn't follow through on your commitment. Maybe a commitment to another person that you didn't follow through with. Maybe you you let yourself down through decisions that you made and you're disappointed in your own decisions. For others, it may be you neglected your marriage. Maybe you were too hard on your kids. Maybe you pursued after a dream and you, you had high hopes, and now that dream is not a reality. Whatever the circumstance may be, I wanna tell you that you may feel like you deserve to be counted out, but Jesus wants to give you another chance. And so I wanna look today at a man who messed up big time. Last week, we looked at a woman who messed up, so we had to come back and, and talk about a man who messed up. And so I wanna talk about Peter uh, today, and, and I believe that we can glean a lot from, from the life of the Apostle Peter. Um, and he really did deserve to be counted out 
and you'll see that in the text we're about to read. He deserved to be counted out, but Jesus, because he is so gracious to us, he gave Peter another chance. I believe, again, that this message is gonna help people believe for a better tomorrow. Now, before I read the text, I wanna give you the context. I think it's very important that we grasp what's happening here. But in this story about Peter, first thing I would say about it is that it's a story of humility and brokenness. Um, It's a story in which Jesus told his disciples, he told them, he said, tonight you will fall away on account of me. And so Jesus was kind of setting them up for what was about to happen. And we know that Peter really loved Jesus, he really did. Because he was the one who was always speaking up declaring his faith, and he was always bold about it. And he told Jesus, he said, everybody else may fall away, but I will never fall away. I'll never let you down. I will fight to you till the death. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll stand firm. I will not fall away. And Peter, Peter is really, really confident in that, really confident in that. And if you know the story, um, Peter not only didn't come through on what he had promised on, I'll, you know, I'll never deny you, I'll never fall away, but he, he denied Jesus three times in one night. And Jesus told him, he said, hey, hey Peter, you will deny me three times before the rooster crows, and, and Peter was like, no, it's not gonna happen. Peter did the exact opposite of what he thought he would do. And I believe that many of you can relate with where Peter was, and so the context is, Jesus has now been arrested and they are, they're taking him in um, to be abused and to be beaten. This is all about to happen and that's where we pick up the story. Luke chapter 22, starting in verse number 54. It says, then seizing him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. They're talking about Jesus. Peter followed at a distance. And when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. Now, a couple things here. Peter is following at a distance and he's sitting in the courtyard of the enemy, the people that have, that have just taken Jesus hostage to be abused and to be beaten. And Peter is following. And I wanna show you today two mistakes that Peter made. The first mistake that Peter made is that he underestimated his own weaknesses. Very important that you get that. He underestimated his own weaknesses. So we have to, every, we ha- we have to understand that every one of us, we are all absolutely capable of doing things that we will later regret. We're all capable of missing the mark. We're all capable of, of committing a sin We're we're all capable of falling uh, and letting God down, letting ourselves down, letting our spouse down, our kids down. We're all capable of that. And the Apostle Paul tells us, he he tells us, I won't give you the, the exact scripture, but he said this. He said, if you think that you are standing firm, be careful so you don't fall. In other words, those of you that would say, now, Pastor, I would never commit adultery. Pastor, I would never cheat on my taxes. Pastor, I would never say something like that person said. 
I would never do what that person did. Paul said you need to be very careful because when you think you are standing firm, you, you need to be careful in that moment lest you fall. And, and so I wanna say to you, we need to be aware of our own weaknesses. We have to be careful about saying that we are above all these kinds of sins. You and I are capable of doing something terrible. We are capable of making a big, big mistake. And the Bible talks about those that are very prideful and arrogant will be brought down. And so I, I, I'm saying that because I love you enough to tell you, you're not above messing up. Matter of fact, here, here's what we have to understand. Acknowledging weaknesses is the first step toward true strength. When I can acknowledge my weakness or weaknesses, that's me, weaknesses, then that is the first step toward true strength. You are only as strong as you are honest. I'm gonna say that again. You are only as strong as you are honest. And a lot of times we wanna say the bold things like Peter, I'll never do that, I'll never say that, I could never do what so-and-so, did you see what they did? We, we have that kind of attitude and, and we're missing the mark because if I wanna be truly strong, I have to first of all acknowledge my weaknesses and I need to be completely honest that I am frail, I, I, am, I am flawed, and I am capable of missing the mark. Peter underestimated his weaknesses. The second mistake that he made, and this is the one that hit very, very strong for me as I was writing this message. Peter followed Jesus at a distance. The scripture is very clear. He followed at a distance. The reality is, is that you and I can choose how close we are to Jesus. Matter of fact, you are as close to Jesus right now as you have chosen to be. Your relationship with Jesus, where it's at, is based on your choice. And some people want to be very close to Jesus. They really do, they wanna be very close. They want to be in his word. They, they want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. They, they want to be led by the Holy Spirit. They want to be involved with things in their local church. They, they wanna be, uh, they wanna serve. They, they, they just wanna be where the action is. They wanna be close to Jesus. But tragically, a lot of people, they want to follow Jesus, but they want to follow him at a distance. See, what I mean by that is that they want all the good stuff Jesus offers but they want to get it from a distance. Jesus, keep me from that hot place, you know, but let me follow you at a distance. They want to make it to heaven, but they don't, they don't want to deal with the cost of following Jesus closely. And so they want all these blessings that God can give, but they don't wanna get close enough to really know the heart of God. They want the blessings, but they don't, they don't want the cost of following Jesus. If I could say quite honestly, and I don't want to make people feel bad, but when I go to church, when I serve with God's people, I want to come early, and I want to stay late. I want to come up front. I want to be where the action is. 
I want to be around what God is doing. I want to be close enough to Jesus that I can actually hear his voice and be sensitive enough to what his will is. I want to know what God is doing in the earth. I don't want to follow at such a distance and think that somehow I can get the blessings, but now I'm missing out on his voice for my life. I don't want to follow him at a distance. I want to be close. I want to be where the action is. And I want the same thing for you. And I'm not trying to, to make anybody upset or mad, but the best way I could explain this to you is I am a Washington Redskins fan. Now, I, I'm just going to throw it out there. Um, they haven't won anything in 28 years. 28. I'm not bitter, but they haven't won in 28 years. Um, so, you know, I, I have been labeled, why are you loyal to a team that loses so much? You know, people will ask that. And, and I get it. I mean, it's been 28 years. I was a teenager the last time the Washington Redskins won a Super Bowl. And, and so I would say to you, maybe you need to pray for me. Because being a Redskins fan is kind of like being a Mountaineer fan. No, 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 I take that back. The Mountaineers have never won anything. <laughs> oh, I've been, I've been locked up in quarantine too long. I actually asked Google, have the Mountaineers ever won a championship? And Google told me no. So listen, here's the deal. If you will pray for the Redskins, I will pray for the Mountaineers, all right? That we both get a championship real soon. Now, I digress, I totally know that. Um, but the point I'm making is, is I've been to a lot of Washington Redskins games because I'm a diehard fan. I love them, even in spite of all their losing. I love them and support them. And I've been to their games and I've sat in the nosebleed, like the, the worst seats, like at the top where you're afraid that you may fall and die. Like, but, but it's still fun. It's still fun to sit in the nosebleed because you're in the atmosphere of the team you love. Um, but I've also on a couple of occasions splurged a little bit and bought seats where I could actually see the players. Like I could actually see them. And, and Man, you can't even imagine how much bigger they are when you get up closer. You can't imagine how much faster they are when you get up real, real close to them. And, and I wanna say to all the people that are following Jesus from a distance, I want you to know that he's a whole lot better up close. When you can get close enough to see his hand moving in your life and in your marriage and in your job, close enough to see God move and speak to you and be sensitive enough to his will and to what the Holy Spirit has for your life is a whole lot better than trying to follow him from a distance when you can't hear, see, or sense what he's doing in your life. I wanna be close enough to hear from God. I wanna be close enough to know what his will is. In fact, I will argue all day long that if Peter had been physically close to Jesus, he would have never denied him. You say, well, why would you argue that? How do you know that? Because just hours before he denied him three times, they came in to arrest Jesus, and when the Roman soldiers showed up to arrest Jesus, Peter pulled out a sword and cut a guy's ear off, all right? Now, you say, why did he cut a guy's ear off? Because he has bad aim. He was going for the guy's head. He was going to take a guy out because he loved Jesus so much. He was so physically 
physically close in the moment that he's like, I'm, I'll fight with you, I'll die with you, but he was close enough that his eyes were on Jesus, but hours later he followed at a distance. And now he's capable of denying him. Truth is, a lot of people wouldn't make the mistakes they make, they wouldn't commit the sins that they commit if they were following Jesus closely instead of at a distance. If Peter had been close to Jesus, he would not have denied him. I, I, I love this story because we, we make mistakes when we're following Jesus at a distance. We, we say things that we later regret when we're at a distance. We, we have our temper tantrums when we're following at a distance. We, maybe it's an addiction that you could get totally free from if you would stop following at a distance and you started following Jesus more closely. See, I want you to know that Jesus is a whole lot better close up, whole lot better. Some people, I've said this before, I'll say it again, some people have just enough of Jesus to be miserable. Just enough to be miserable. See, Peter cut this guy's ear off and, and Jesus stopped him and said, hey, Peter, we're not going out like this. Give me the ear. And he took the ear and, and he put it back on the guy's side of his head and said, be healed in my own name. He didn't say in Jesus' name because that's his name. Some of y'all need to laugh at home. And he healed the guy and said, we're not, we're not going out like that. Some of y'all get that later, but anyway. Peter would have been willing to die for Jesus when he was close to him. But when he followed from a, from a distance, he became much more vulnerable. I hope you're getting what I'm saying. We are much more susceptible to making wrong choices, doing the wrong thing, when we're trying to follow Jesus at a distance, when we have the mindset that says, I want the good stuff, God, I just don't want the cost of following you. I want your blessings, God, but I don't, I don't want to get close enough to know your heart. If I could say it now for some of you, because you're following Jesus at a distance, you're not seeing the fullness of what he can do in your life. You're missing out on some really cool things that God wants to do because you're at such a distance, you, you can't even see his heart for you. Mistake number one is he didn't realize how weak he was. Mistake number two, he followed Jesus from a distance. Let's pick up the story in verse 56. It says, a servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely, looked closely at him and said, this man was with him, but he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw him and said, you also are one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. About an hour later, another asserted, certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. Now Luke gives us this version, but Matthew also gives us a version of this account I won't take time to read it to you, but in Matthew's account, Matthew gives us a detail that, that we don't see in the book of Luke. And he said, Matthew says this, that Peter said this comment, 
Man, if I'm lying, may a curse fall on my head. If I'm lying, may a curse fall on my head. In other words, I don't want you to think I'm saying this, but Peter was saying, I swear to God that I don't know him. I swear to God that I don't know this Jesus. It, like, he, he's basically saying, if I'm lying, send me to hell. That, that's how severe his denial was. Like, I, if, if I'm lying, send me to hell. Let a curse come on my life. See, what's so crazy is that the only person that was fooled was Peter. He was the only one that was truly fooled. He fooled himself. And some of you, the truth is, you are fooling yourself. You're not fooling anybody else. You're only fooling yourself. Everybody else will tell you, you've got a problem with such and such, and you're quick to say it's not a problem. I can quit anytime I want to. No, if you could have, you would have by now. If you could have, you would have. They will tell you, you got an anger problem. You're mad all the time. No, I'm not. People are mean to me, and I have a right to be mad. You're only fooling yourself. Your marriage looks like it's struggling. No, no, it's fine. I mean, I know my spouse isn't satisfied, but it's fine. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe you're fooling yourself. See, that, that's where Peter was in the, this moment. He wasn't fooling any of the people of that little campfire. They all knew he was with Jesus, but he had convinced himself, and that's the problem with deception. When you're deceived, you don't know it. You can't see it. And so he's just proclaiming boldly, I don't know this Jesus. The only person Peter fooled was himself. May a curse fall upon me if I'm lying is what Peter said. How deceived he was. Some of us, we think that we have people fooled, but we don't, they already know. The problem is you don't know. We're only fooling ourselves. We continue reading in verse 60 through 62. It says, Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord, the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And the Bible says he went out, went outside and he wept bitterly. Now, you gotta picture this. Jesus has already been inside the house. They've already started beating him. His face is already black, blue, and bloody. Already. And now the rooster crows, and at the time the rooster crows, Peter remembers what Jesus said, and now at the same moment, their eyes meet. He's no longer at a distance, he's eye to eye with Jesus. And now the one he loves, and the one whom he also has just denied three times, he is now looking into his eyes and, and with blood all over him. Can you imagine the weight of what Peter felt in that moment? That's why the scripture said he went outside, and get this, he wept bitterly. My question is, is when is the last time that you wept over your own sin? When is the last time you cried about 
you breaking God's. I'm not talking about us crying over someone who wronged us. Somebody hurt my feeling. When's the last time you wept because you had broken God's heart? When is the last time that you felt the weight of choices you had made? See, we're very, very quick to jump on people when they make a mistake and we want them to change and we want to fix them. But when is the last time that your sin broke your own heart? See, that's what happened with Peter. And the moment his eyes locked with Jesus, he was done. He wept bitterly. And I'm not talking about remorse. And I'm not saying, you know, you got to work up tears and you need to go buy some onions to make yourself cry. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about remorse because you got caught. I'm talking about repentance, which means I broke God's heart. And now I feel the weight of breaking his heart, not just that I got caught. And it leads me to actually change. I'm going to change. I'm not going to wait for everybody else in my life to change. I'm going to change. The truth is we've all broken God's heart. We need to become more sensitive to our own wrongdoings. In, in church, we're sensitive to what everybody else has done to us. But we're not sensitive to the Holy Spirit when we've messed up. Why are we more sensitive to what people do to us than we are the Holy Spirit who lives in us? I'll tell you why. We're following Jesus at a distance. We're following him at a distance. That's why our sin don't break our heart. We let everybody else's wrongdoings bother us, but our wrongdoings do not bother us. Many times you can tell when someone is following Jesus at a distance because they're quick to point out the wrongs of everybody else and they can't see, see their own errors and their own sins. See, when I'm, when, whenever I'm following Jesus closely, I repent quickly and deeply. Why? Because I'm close. This is a relationship. I'm, I, I'm close to him. When I'm following Jesus closely, I'm not concerned with what everybody else is doing and what everybody else is not doing. I'm concerned with my own heart. As long as I continue to follow him from a distance though, I will, I will be wrapped up in so many different distractions, things that keep me away from dealing with my own heart. Things that keep me from dealing with my own issues. Man, I thought this was gonna be an encouraging word, now I'm feeling like, wow. It's coming out a little different. But I think we need to be broken about our, our stuff, not somebody else's stuff. When's the last time you were broken over your stuff, what you've done wrong? See, it's easy for Peter to deny him when he's at a distance. But when he was close, what happened? He repented. And, and I, love, I love the picture that God began to, to give me as I was studying this is that as long as I'm at a distance from Jesus, then I can see everybody else's junk. But when I get close enough, all I can see is Jesus. See, the reason what everybody else is doing keeps tripping you up is because you're following at a distance. If you'll get close enough, all those distractions are out of the way and you can lock eyes, as Peter did, with Jesus. And in that moment, 
we can actually change. At the end of the day, my, my prayer for myself and my prayer for you is that we become everything God has called us to be, but we, can't, we cannot do that from a distance. I'm asking the Holy Spirit to touch your heart today. Not that you get all wound up about what somebody else has done or not done, but let's get wound up about our own heart. God, where, where am I with you? Some of us were mad at people, we're trapped in an addiction, we got all this stuff going on, and, it, and it's all because we're trying to follow him at a distance. I, I, I love this story because it wasn't until Peter met eyes with Jesus that now he could deal with his own heart. He could deal with his own issues in that moment. As long as you are looking for people to provide you with happiness and joy and your mood is dependent on what everybody else is doing, listen, you have made people your God. And as long as you keep them in that place where their performance is connected to your happiness, you have made them their, your God. And, and the thing you have to understand is, is people cannot perform at the level of God. We are not supposed to perform at that level. And so when people don't perform at that level and we have them in that position, what we do is, is now we control them and manipulate them so that they'll do exactly what we want so that we can be happy, so that we can have joy. Our, our happiness and joy don't come from people. Now, we enjoy one another and all that's, that's cool. But true happiness and joy and peace, that comes from God. Only God can give you that. Some people are never happy. Have y'all ever figured that out? I'm just gonna sit there for a minute. Some people are never happy. They're never, ever happy. And what they do is, because they're never happy, they try to control the people in their life. And when the people can't perform, they just go another level. They're miserable. They make everybody around them miserable. And it's all because they are trying to follow Jesus at a distance. And listen, broken people, broken people can, can become hateful, can become hurtful to you. And, and a lot of times, the reason they, they become like that is because it's easier for them to control you. I don't know who I'm preaching to today. It's easier for them to control you than it is for them to deal with their own brokenness. And it's all connected to their following Jesus from a distance. I love how the story wraps up. Because the Bible tells us that after Jesus died, he rose again. John 21, I won't read it to you. You can read it on your own time, Jesus shows up to Peter. And I love what he didn't do. He didn't ask Peter about his mistake. He didn't do that at all. Some of us, we, we, we're quick to ask people about their mistake, what they did wrong. Jesus didn't do that at all to Peter. Sometimes I think we hold people to a standard that we don't live ourselves. I'm preaching real good today. I know I'm not screaming, but this is a word. We hold people to a standard that we don't even live up to. We don't even meet the standard we're requiring everybody else to live. 
And so Peter is there and Jesus shows up and he doesn't ask Peter about his mistake, but he, he, he begins to speak to Peter about what matters. Um, and I wanna, ask, I wanna ask this before I give you this. Sometimes we count people out that God wants to give another chance to. What if the people you have counted out are the ones God wants to give another chance to? And I'm gonna take it a step further. What if you're the one that failed and you feel like your life is over but God wants to give you another chance? Because when Jesus showed up to Peter, he didn't ask him about why did you deny me? That really hurt my feelings. I was there for you for three and a half years. I poured into you. I was your mentor. I was all this. You know what he asked? He asked the same question three times. Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? That's all that Jesus wanted to know. Do you love me? And when Peter said, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I love this story so much because many of us, we have failed miserably. We've made a mistake, we've sinned against God, maybe we've let ourselves down, we've ruined a relationship, we've done something. And all Jesus wants to know, he's, he doesn't wanna talk about all the details of what you did wrong. All he wants to know today is, do you love him? That's all he's asking, do you love me? And Peter becomes the keynote speaker on the day of Pentecost when the church is birthed. Peter is the one preaching. And, and that just blows my mind because it was only weeks earlier that he's saying, I don't even know Jesus. The guy who failed, the guy who denied Jesus is now preaching the first message of the church and thousands of people are getting saved and the question is, why? why? Why is Peter doing it? Because there is no one better qualified to preach on repentance and forgiveness than someone who had just repented and been forgiven. I don't know how you feel about it, but I am thankful that I've been able to repent and not just repent, I have been forgiven. Why? Because Jesus is gracious. He doesn't give us what we deserve. He gives us what we need. I love this story so much. And I wanna encourage some people, never put a period where God put a comma. Never put a period where God put a comma. We, we're, we're, we often say, well, I, I, my marriage failed, my life's over. I made a bad decision, my life's over. I did this, it's over. We, and, and it's always a period. It's always a, per, a period at the end of it. And I wanna say, don't ever put a period where God has placed a comma. My marriage failed, I feel like my, my life is over, period, is what a lot of people, no. You can say, my marriage ended, my life, I, I felt like my life was over, comma. But I believe that God is gonna take this broken mess and mend it all together. Never put a period where God put a comma. You may say, well, I'm struggling financially and I'm scared to death, period. No, no, no. I'm struggling financially, I'm scared to death, comma. I believe that God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. 
Whatever it is, don't put a period where God wants to place a comma. See, Peter learned something very, very significant that I hope that you and I will get a hold of today, and that is this. He learned success is not final, and failure is not fatal. Success is not final, and failure is not fatal. Peter was the same guy who walked on the water, right? That's success. But a few seconds later, he's the same guy sinking. That was failure. Success is not final, and failure is not fatal. And some of us, we need to know that right now. We need to know that just because we failed at something doesn't make us a failure. A failure is never a person. Failure is always an event, never a person. It's, it's what happened, it's what you did, it's not who you are, it's not what defines us. See, that's what's so amazing about God's grace. Peter failed, denied Jesus, and yet he's the one that's proclaiming the grace of Jesus. And that's significant because the broken in scripture, the Bible says, the broken become strong. That God's strength is made perf perfect in weakness. It's kind of like when somebody breaks a bone and, and then that bone is reset and that bone heals. You can ask the question, where is the bone the strongest? It's the strongest at the place that it was just healed. That's where it's the strongest. The very thing, and this is, I'm about to end as the worship team comes back, the very thing that you thought was gonna take you out is gonna be the very thing God is gonna use to display his strength. The areas that I have been fought in the most are the areas that God has showed off the most. And I believe that he wants to do that in your life. I believe he wants to do that in your marriage. I believe he wants to do that in your health. I believe he wants to do that in every area of your life. That's why we cannot afford, listen to me church, do not internalize failure. You gotta treat it as an event. It's something that happened, maybe you brought it on, whatever it was, but it's an event. It's not who you are. It's not who you are. Failure is never a person. It's always an event. Jesus actually knew ahead of time that Peter was going to fail. If you read the whole story, Jesus not only told him, he said, Peter, I know that you're bold and I love that about you. That's why I chose you, you're bold, you're crazy, you'll say anything. And I like that about you, but I know you're saying you'll never deny me and you'll fight, you'll fight till the end and you'll do A, B, and C. But Peter, before the rooster, the, the rooster crows, you're gonna deny me. And even before that, there's another place where Jesus tells Peter, he's like, hey, I want you to know Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. He, he told him that. He desires to sift you. And the crazy thing is, is that Jesus was telling Peter, I'm gonna give him a fair run to do that, to do, do this sifting thing. And he said, but Peter, I want you to know, I've prayed for you. And I love what Jesus says, because he doesn't pray that Peter would never fail. He prayed that Peter's, that his faith would not fail. If you go read that, he said, I have prayed that your faith will not fail. 
And it's important because Jesus knew Peter would fail. He just didn't want his faith to fail. See, I may fail, you may fail, but if I don't lose my faith, I'll continue to get back up. That's what Jesus was saying. I may fail at a million things, but as long as I don't lose my faith, I'll continue to get back up. The Bible says that the righteous man falls seven times and gets back up again. Why? Because he didn't lose his faith. The reason I'm standing here preaching to you is not because I've never failed, it's because I've never lost my faith. I continue to get back up. And somebody today, you needed to hear this because you've been sitting in that condition long enough You've felt sorry for yourself long enough. You've labeled yourself a failure long enough. And I'm telling you that there is a seed, a mustard seed of faith that's about to help you get back up today. You're gonna get back up again. You're gonna get back in the game again. You're not gonna throw in the towel. You're gonna get up. Why? Because we deserve to be counted out. But Jesus has given me and you another chance. Peter was so changed by what Jesus did in his life. Not only did he preach on Pentecost and thousands of people got saved, but after he asked for forgiveness, after he wept bitterly, Peter was never the same. I mean, never, he never denied Christ again. Like that didn't happen again. Matter of fact, it was a whole nother level of faith whole nother level because history teaches us that Peter died as a martyr. Like when he was following at a distance, he couldn't even live for Jesus. But when he had this change and he got close to Jesus, not only could he live for him, but he was willing to die for him. The, the tradition tells us that he was to be crucified and Peter said, no, I'm not worthy to be crucified like my savior. And so history tells us that he was crucified upside down. That's how much he was changed by this one moment with God. And I've prayed for you that you would have a moment today. I don't know who all I'm speaking to, but I believe that it's hundreds if not thousands of people that because you've made mistakes, something's happened, you've been down, you've been felt out, you felt like I, I'm counted out, I'll never be everything God has called me to be. No, God is about to use this thing to make you everything you've always dreamed about being and even more. He wants to use you in a significant way, but you can't experience that kind of change following at a distance. I pray that you have a moment like Peter did where your eyes lock with the eyes of your father. I think the reason Peter went out and he wept bitterly, I believe it's a couple things. I think one, he felt the weight of what he had done. But I think when he looked into the eyes of Jesus, he saw love like he had never seen before. He saw a love that didn't even make sense. And it don't make sense. That's why I'm calling this, we deserve to be counted out. But Jesus has given us another chance. Man, I don't know what, what you're thinking in this moment. I don't know what you're going through. But I want you to know, God loves you. With all your baggage, 
all of your stuff. Many of you, we're gonna, we're gonna be gathering again, hopefully real soon. And there's some people been watching and you just been checking us out. I believe that we're gonna see you in person real soon because the Holy Spirit is gonna meet you right there where you are. Father, I just ask right now in the name of Jesus, God, for every person that's tuning in to this message, every person that may see it on replay, God, and it speak to them. God, how we relate to Peter and making mistakes and feel like we should be counted out, that you always give us another chance. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that they would see and encounter your love. I pray they would have a moment like Peter did, their eyes locking with yours, to see your love for them. I pray that because of that, God, that it would lead them, God, into a beautiful relationship with you where they, they're never the same, God. We're never gonna try to follow you at a distance again. But God, we're gonna be the show up early, stay late, get in the game, be a part of the action. We don't wanna follow from a distance, but we want to know you up close. I pray that over your people today. In the name of Jesus, amen. I wanna speak to those that are watching and you would say, Pastor, I'm not even in relationship with Jesus. I don't know him personally. We wanna change that today. I believe as the Holy Spirit is is dealing with your heart, you can change right now in this moment. The Bible says it's very clear. We just have to believe Jesus came, lived a sinless life, died in our, our place, paying the penalty of our sin. And not only did he die, but he got up again on the third day. The Bible says that if we believe that, we confess that, and we invite him into our heart, we can be saved. So I'm gonna encourage you to pray this, this simple prayer with me and just believe it by faith that as you speak it, this is happening in your life. Just say, dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. I've committed sins. I need a savior. I can't save myself, Jesus. So I'm asking you to save me. I'm asking you to forgive me. Help me to know you personally and up close. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me and for changing me. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. We believe that if you prayed that prayer, you are now a child of God. Listen, we wanna hear your story, we, we wanna know about it. All you have to do is text the word SAVED, the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to this number, 304-396-0488. 304-396-0488. We would love to hear your story, get to know you, and just help you get connected and take your next step. God bless you and thank you so much for joining us today. Have a wonderful, wonderful Sunday. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Bethesda Church Podcast. If you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting bethesdachurch.tv give. We will catch you on the next episode.